Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Do you know what you're called? Do you know what you're called when you sell more than 425 million books? You are called the world's best-selling author. And that title goes to James Patterson, and I'm so thrilled to have him with me right now to talk about the release of Fear No Evil. Yes, it's another Alex Cross thriller james welcome to potus thank you so much for being my guest oh thank you i'm I'm an independent mind this is a perfect place for me (laughs) thank you for saying that we love critical thinking and independent minds am am i right this is the 29th installment of detective alex cross i don't really pay attention i just write the next book and i'm already (laughs) too beyond this one so i don't really think about it uh, I just, I just, you know, a new Alice Cross story, and I don't get tired of him, which is great. 
uh, he keeps growing and his family keeps getting a little old. But I don't make the mistake that like Michael Connolly made of like every year Alex has to be a year older. He did that with Bosch. So Bosch is now about 90 years old. So I didn't make that mistake with Alex. The next book, it's two weeks after the last book. That's smart. What a, what a great tip. For, for the benefit of those unfamiliar with Alex Cross, who is Alex Cross? What is his station in life? And how did you conceive a character that so many find alluring? I think, you know, one of the keys to Alex is that he's a family guy first. He And I think a lot of us can identify with the notion of how do we balance our, our business life or whatever we're doing with our home life, with our family, with our, our spouse, whatever. And that's what Alex has to do, except that, you know, his situation is very intense. He's this homicide guy. And I keep putting him through the, through the ringer, as you can tell from fear, no evil, where, I mean, the stuff the poor guy has to deal with there, the cartels after him and vigilantes are after him. And eventually a grizzly bear is after him. Try to figure that all in one book. Um, but I, you know, I, way back when I first started this series, Hollywood, every time they did a, a thing about a black guy, he had a, a, a boombox on his shoulder. And I said, this is crap. I grew up in a town, Newburgh, New York. It's about a third black. Grew up that way. Played a lot of basketball. Uh, um you know, and 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 uh, my parent, my grandparents had a restaurant, and they and a, a black woman was the, was the cook, and uh, she moved in with us at one point, and I just spent a lot of time with her family, and uh, you know, I just I just have a sense, I had a sense for that family, and and that's what started me writing the the, the Alice Cross series. In other words, that was the motivation. You thought, hey, there's a story to be told here based on this personal experience that you had with a particular lo- family. Yes, I think a lot of it had to do with that and, and my town and just growing up there and just the way we the people got along. And in those days, you know, people didn't have guns. Worst case, they had a knife, you know, so it wasn't it was a different environment. It, was, it wasn't like it is now. Uh, um, you know. So in this book, Alex Cross, as you point out, is, is, is dealing <laughs> with the cartel. He's dealing with rogue yeah. members of law enforcement. I've yet to get to the grizzly, but I'm looking forward to the grizzly. Oh, you got to get does, to the grizzly, man. <laughs> does, does realism play any role? I mean, some of this defies credulity, but as a reader, I don't care. I well, want to be entertained. Well, in part, every once in a while, you know, a critic or somebody say, well, it's not very realistic. I don't think that's a valid criticism. I don't write realism. To me, I'm not comparing myself to Picasso, but it would like somebody looking at Picasso and going, it's not very realistic. I'm not writing realism, but I do think I'm writing things that people can identify with. I think they can identify with Alex's home life. I think they can identify, as I said, with the, they can identify with the fact that the world is kind of a crazy place to live. It seems kind of more dangerous than ever in a lot of ways. Uh, and then, and then we just tell a story around that and it's somewhat symbolic, but I think emotionally it's true. It's, um, you know, I'm doing a book with Dolly Parton now and, you know, it's a little over the top, but emotionally it's true. You really get a feeling for the music business and what it's like for somebody to come from nowhere in that business. And I think the same thing with Alex, you get a sense for what it's like to be a cop in this modern world uh, 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 you know, but but a bigger, bigger than life story. So is there obviously there is in your mind an image of what Alex Cross actually looks like, even though Alex Cross doesn't seem to age. I'm just curious <laughs> if I were in your writing studio, if I were in your home, 
Is there an actual depiction of what he no, looks like? No, and I don't, I, don't, I don't even have one. And some people find that useful and some people don't like it at all. Uh, I think in the beginning, maybe a little bit toward Denzel or a little bit toward Muhammad Ali, a little bit, but not mm-hmm. really. I, I don't, I don't, I don't visualize him. Uh, I feel a kinship with him primarily because of uh, his feeling about the family is the way I feel about my family, uh, and the fact that he's, you know, my grandmother used to have a saying: "Hungry dogs run faster," and and Alex is that way. He just throws his all into it, whatever it is. I'm is I'm doing the best I can, and Alex is the same way. James, the book is fast paced and, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I still have the conclusion to go. So don't don't ruin it for me. I know you won't. Well, but, I can't promise that. But, but you it's know. <laughs> it's it's conf- it's it's confusing insofar as the locations change and the characters and the shift and even the voice changes when it's Alex. Do you have a continuity person like maybe it's one of your kids or something who you say, hey, like I just finished this, but you better read it and make sure it all lines up? Well, hopefully the editor does that. (laughs) Uh, That's kind of what what they're supposed to do. So if there's any if there's any problem with that, we'll blame the editor. I'll give you her name after the show and you can send her a note. No, Uh, I I found nothing. I was just curious. Yeah, but no, that's that's who it would be. I, I, I have a pretty good. I think most of the manuscripts I turn in are pretty clean. Um, they're, they're kind of you could publish them, but, you know, be better to, 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 to have a run through with the editor. But uh, but I, 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 I give you stories that are, you know, you, you, in fact, even my outlines, my outlines tend to be 70, 80 pages. And and you read them, you go, this is a pretty cool story. Is is the out is the outline something that comes from post-it notes on a wall of James Patterson's studio? I mean, tell no, me the process. No, I have a in little. the background there somewhere. I don't know if you can see it. There's a little, and it's about this thick, and it's just ideas for books. And mm. there there's hundreds of them in there. Uh, you know, the important thing about Alice Crystal for people listening, watching, whatever is if you if you like the cross books this is one of the better ones if you haven't read one don't worry that you haven't read any before you can pick this up and and it'll 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 track for you totally i i was just going to ask that question i was just going to say should people who like they hear oh my god he's written 29 alex cross books i don't know who Alex. should they be intimidated and my answer would be absolutely not because to to open this book you don't need to know any of the background about this character that is correct. My hope, and this happens a lot, people will say, I hadn't read one until I read this. And then I went back and I started reading a lot of the old ones, which I think is really cool. I mean, I, I read a lot of thrillers. I like thrillers. I also like nonfiction. But uh, um, I like it when I discover a new author. And it's rare where I find when I go, like, I got to read everything this person wrote. I guess it's self-evident. You wouldn't be the world's best-selling author if people had to go back to the beginning. Obviously, you can pick it up midstream. Hey, I'm dying to ask you a question, okay, because I don't know what the latest number is. I, I've, I've read 425 million. Wh- whatever it is, it's a hell of a lot of books that you've sold. I'm sure yeah. that when you're on an airplane— when you're on a beach, when you're leading your real life, I'm sure there have been many, many occasions where you walk by someone reading one of your books. Uh, How do you handle that situation? Well, I used to I used to sort of introduce myself. And then I was I was so I was out in California. I was or no, Arizona. I was walking around a pool. I saw a guy reading my book. I said, how's that? How's that? And he said, it's not very good. <laughs> so I stopped asking now. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, it's a quick funny story. I, I, I did a couple of times. I was on that TV show Castle, and I'm on a plane one time, and I'm walking down the aisle, and this woman's pointing at me. She goes, I know you. I know you. And I stop. Hi, how are you? She said, I, you played Patterson on Castle. <laughs> James, I said, yeah, I'm going to play him on- I'm going to play him on the air on the airline today on the air airplane today too. <laughs> Do you spend more time thinking or writing? I, well, I'd like to think both. I you know I'm I'm always thinking. I you know and I'll be if I'm driving in the car a lot of times I'll be thinking about you know and and, and there's a lot of books I'm doing at the same time so I'll be thinking about one or more of them. Sometimes I'll forget I'll, I'll miss an exit or something. I go on my two exits up the up the line and I'm going oh damn it because <laughs> I was thinking about. I mean I'm fairly careful but I do I'm, I am a little forgetful. Oh my house was back a mile you know. Uh, so yeah, I'm always thinking about. And as I said, I mean, going back to the beginning, this is play for me. This is I do not work. I love doing it. I do it seven days a week. I, I ask you that question because I I remember once interviewing Pulitzer Prize winner David McCullough. I think it was when he published 1776, and I asked him some kind of a naive question about how long it took him to write the book, and he said, "You're asking me the wrong question. You should be asking me how long I had to research and think it through because by the time I put mm-hmm. pen to paper, you know, a large part of my effort is is finished." And I frankly hadn't thought about it in those terms. Yeah. Well, I'm usually working at a couple of things at the same time. So it, it, one, it might be in the research, one, it might be in, in the outline, and one, it might be actually writing the book. So uh, different books. So are you, it's, it's, I are tend you, to be doing all the same things. I, you know, I don't know what I am, schizophrenic. I don't know what it is, but uh, James, if I'm I, able if to I, walk and chew gum at the same time. If I looked over your shoulder, are you old school with yellow legal pad? Are you oh, computer awful. What are you? No, um, you're, no, you're looking over. You're seeing a, a, a yellow. I don't have the yellow pad right here, but yes, it's yellow pad and pencil. I don't work on the computer. It's, it, I, you know, and the, and the publisher doesn't mind. They don't want me to be any faster than I am right now. But you're, you're writing. So I, I imagine it's like dialogue yes. that I would see you writing for the most part. Is that fair? Uh, no, it'd be the whole book. Well, yeah, whatever the whole, whatever it is. I mean, it depends on whether it's an outline or, the, you know, with the outlines, I'll tend to do three or four drafts. Uh, uh, it's until I'm, you know, and I'll go back and I'll, I'll change things. And sometimes I'll get, you know, halfway through and a scene will change and it'll change everything. But if it's an outline, it's a lot easier to change everything than if it's the book. When you began Fear No Evil, which is the new yeah. book, when you began writing the book, did you know a grizzly was going to play a role at the end, or did that come to you along uh, the way? I suspected it because um, I, I knew at, at, at the uh, the Marshall Wilderness, which is where it takes place, Bob Marshall Wilderness, I knew that there were a lot of grizzlies there, and I suspected that um, we would probably, I wasn't quite sure exactly where the grizzly, how it was going to play out. But yes, I did think a grizzly might be part of the the finale there. And I love the idea of getting Alex and Samson, his partner in crime. I love the idea of getting those two guys out into the wilderness, out on a boat and the whole, it's, it's, it's cool. I, I love doing stuff. Where you go like that, you know, like um, the crazier it is, the better I like it. Like I have a, a character, Michael Bennett. He's a cop in New York. He has 10 kids. People go, Oh no, that's impossible. That's what's great about it. And that's why nobody's ever done anything like it because you go like, what, who would do that? Yeah. Me. <laughs> Are you more productive at a particular time of the day? And is there a special no. place where you do your best work? Anywhere. I don't care. 
I could I could stop right now and start writing in the middle really? of this. Really? Yeah, totally. No airplanes. I, I, it doesn't really matter in the car. No, it's just I'm I, stories are always going in my brain. It's a continual thing. Uh, I I have two things in my life. I love I love my family. I have a s- small group of friends. Uh, Mike Lupica is my, one of my new buddies. You know, the sports writer. Sure. Uh, and we and we talk pretty much every day, and we're both pretty funny, so it's that's nice. And um, uh, and, and 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 then writing the books. You know, it's it's but very I'll limited, bet- and it, it's been a supercharged in a way, in a, in a good way. I'll bet it's not limited. I like talking I can- to you. We could be buddies. I, you know what? I think we could be friends. I think I could be fr- – TC, I think I could be friends with James Patterson and, and tell him I'm not looking for new friends. No, like we, I'm not expanding I mean, my circle. This is oh, no, true. I'm the same way. I'm the same <laughs> no, way. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't let a lot of people in. Not to be yeah. you know, unpleasant about it, but yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And look, James, I am Larry David. Honest to God, I live a very Larry David curb your enthusiasm sort of existence. I don't want to expand well, Larry, my circle. Larry David is one of Lupica's buddies. And he's always talking. He talks to Larry every week. Yeah, Maybe the four of us, we get together. What do you think? <laughs> sure. What I was what I was going to say is I similar think background, you're... similar backgrounds back. You know, your Pennsylvania coal, whatever, Newburgh, yeah, New yeah. York, messed up, True. whatever. Same thing. But what I wanted to say to you is this. And thank you for being so gracious with your time. I promise I'll let you go in a moment. The book is Fear No Evil. Fear No Evil by James. No, Patterson. I've got a lunch coming up that I don't really want to go to. So it's fine. <laughs> So what I wanted to say is I can tell that your gift transcends writing. Like I can just tell from being with you, you are a storyteller. You are a natural. Like if we were having lunch or dinner, I'm sure you would take the floor and you would tell great stories, whether you're using your pen or pencil or whether you're using your mouth. You know, it's an interesting thing. It's it's grown and with confidence. I remember talking to Morgan Freeman, who you know, plays Alice Cross in a couple yep. of movies. Yep. And. And and you watch Morgan on a set. He never drops a line. He never. And I said, what? He said, I'm so confident. He said, I know I'm going to kill the scene. He just has that confidence, but he didn't always have it. And similarly with me uh, and, and the breakthrough for me, and I didn't used to like public speaking at all. I was afraid of it. And I just started telling stories. And I found that the stories come out very naturally, whereas if you sit there and try to write a speech, it's just a lot of prose and whatever. It's just, no, it's flat and it doesn't really work. But you tell stories to make you, and it suddenly it, it, it works for me anyway. Yeah. I love the book. Thank you for being here. I hope you'll come oh, back. thank you. Yeah, yeah really, yeah, yeah. really fun to make your acquaintance. And if, if Lubica is game and Larry David is game, I'm available. I'll, I'll come to you in Florida and we'll, uh, we'll play poker or something. Yeah, a lot of people want to come to Florida in March. I've seen that. All my relatives (laughs) come. James Patterson, privileged to have you here. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good stuff, right? James Patterson, the world's best-selling author. And your new friend. I think so. I think so, too. I think there's there's something there. I do, too. I do, too. (laughs) Not that you want a friend. No. Maybe he could be one. If I do, it could could be him. Good. It could be him would, would, would be the point. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. 
spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.